We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey there, Tara. All right, show you, me, all of us. We're doing fantastically. And if you don't understand that, it's because you're not as smart as Pete Buttigieg. And that is your fault. Pete Buttigieg literally saying there's so many great things happening economically that Americans just can't process them all. And, and that is the problem. So you might feel broke. You might be one of the 25% of parents who in that poll before Christmas said um, they are struggling to afford food for their kids, but you're just confused. It's, it's not, I mean, if you had more time, you could maybe take it all in, Pete Buttigieg said, all the great accomplishments economically of the Biden administration. So maybe make a little bit of extra time to try to understand how great you're actually doing, and things will get better. Not mathematically in your bank account, but maybe in your head. I I don't, I can't figure out, Lee, if the Biden administration, um, you know, the people behind it, not just Joe Biden, I don't think Joe Biden actually knows what's going on with the American people. Are they gaslighting us? Are 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 they mocking us? Are they making fun of the American people? I don't know if it's that or if they're just trying to put something out there that they know that the vast majority of the mainstream media is going to cover for them on. Well, let me ask you, let, let, let me tell you why. Okay. Cause David Axelrod, you know, advisor, famed advisor to oh, Barack yeah. Obama, great political mind. Um, supposedly advised Joe Biden last week. Cause you know, he's on cable TV now a lot. And he talks um, about what Biden shouldn't, shouldn't say in the state of the union address tonight. Um, he advised him not to talk about the economy in the state of the union address. Like, to avoid taking credit for the economy being great. To quote uh, James, or to paraphrase James Carville, don't talk about the economy, stupid. Exactly. And and what he was saying to him, Lee, is like, you know, don't, don't go out there and rub glass in Americans' wounds. Don't go out there and talk about how absolutely wonderful your economy is, because it's not, um, and that's going to cause problems. And so apparently the Biden administration is not taking that advice um, from Axelrod. So Brian Deese, his economic advisor, goes out there and explains that actually Americans are better off now than before the pandemic. Remember what boom times we had before the yes, pandemic under, under Trump? I mean, they were wonderful. Um, it's the best, you know, I know our business has ever done. Yep. Personally, it's the best my sister's business has ever done. 
Um, I, you know, my cousin owns a business, same with her. We were talking about that over the holidays. Um, just really feeling good financially. Like you could go, okay, I've got that under control. And if something goes wrong, I can always get a pretty good job, you know, relative to what I could get before Donald Trump. I mean, quite frankly. And so I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a lighter heart and I can enjoy my life more. And, and Joe Biden, literally, their new thing is, we're going to tell everybody there was inflation under Trump. We're going to just tell them that. We're going to gaslight them. It's getting increasingly bizarre. Here's Brian Deese yesterday. He's asked by ABC News, we just did a poll. 40% of Americans say they're worse off than they were two years ago. That is a high not seen in 40 years. Um, could there be anything to that, Mr. Deese? Or are these people just crazy and stupid? Here's his response. On average, American households are in a better position than they were before the pandemic hit. Under what metric is he measuring that? Oh, you want to hear the full clip? Basically he's saying, well, um, American households um, are you know, ha- have a safety net from hitting rock bottom. So you're better off. We had a poll out over the weekend, ABC News, that found that 41% of Americans say they're worse off financially now than before this president took office. How do you explain the disconnect there of why this administration's message about the strong economy is not getting through? Right, so it, it is the case that if you look at the kind of key measures of basic economic security. Uh, do I have health insurance? Do I have $400 in the bank um, in case my car breaks down or I have another emergency expense? Am I um, late or delinquent on a credit card bill? Am I facing foreclosure? If you look at all of those measures, they, um, on average, American households are in a better position than they were before the pandemic hit. I still don't see how he's figuring that in. Plus, Having $400 in the bank for an emergency, you are screwed. <laughs> I know, because uh, thanks to Biden inflation, the average emergency, I mean, now costs far more than that. That $400 is what your grocery bill is now, when it used to be 250 yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, I don't even know what these people are talking about. Um, But but this is this is where they are. I mean, Joe Biden... Uh, you know, claiming, I mean, th- and in this, it gets even stranger. Joe Biden claiming going into the weekend um, that inflation, he inherited inflation. No, 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 I mean, no. Ha- Joe Biden did not inherit inflation. No, he didn't. Joe Biden caused inflation. Why? But this is his new bizarre position. Do you take any blame for inflation? Should you just president? I take any blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. Thank you. Boy, I could just, I could do, um, I could do four-hour show on that one, Tara. Just right there. Yeah, I know, and I'm going to try to resist doing it. I almost did it yeah. yesterday. All right, so I've got an actual inflation chart. From the Federal Reserve, right? Okay, let's let's go back. 
and take a look at December of 2021. Okay, so that is the month before Joe Biden took office. What what was the inflationary rate at that time? 1.3%. Actually, historically, a little low. Mm -hmm. Normally runs a little hotter than that. It can go up, you know, into the 1.5, 1.7, 1.8, right? So under 2%, which is where it is most years. Which is considered normal. Normal. That's that's yes. average. That's normal. That's pretty much a stable economy. That is that technically is are, is there inflation? Yes, technically there is. Is it something that is out of the ordinary or is impacting the economy and the American people? Not really. No, Not really. no, that's it's normal. And look, that inflation is caused by money printing that we do. Oh, yeah. No. But it's what we have always done. So, I mean, I would argue we should stop printing money entirely. No. There shouldn't be another cent ever printed by the U.S. Amen government. It's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And we should go to zero inflation, which is what it would be if the government would stop printing money. Right? But we're going to deal with what's historically average. So, so Donald Trump left uh, Joe Biden an economy that had inflation below the historical average at 1.2% in that January okay normally 1.5 can go as high as 1.9 okay below but under two is is pretty good it's pretty normal okay so let's let's go back through actual history they pass the American Rescue Act in March of 2021 even though Larry Summers former Treasury Secretary and Democrat begs them not to by May of 2021 um, they have three months of printing the first trillion dollars under their belt. And the reason that's significant, remember, Lee, is the fastest a trillion dollars has ever been printed in human history, known human history, right? There could be maybe the Times of the Aliens, right, that you see on the History Channel or something. Yeah. Like maybe back then they tried it. I don't know. Didn't end well, though, because we don't know about those civilizations. So, um, but no. So the fastest a trillion dollars has ever been printed in human history just four months, Okay. So we passed the American Rescue Act. We print a trillion dollars of it in four months. By May, we are at 5.6% inflation. Joe Biden has handed an economy with 1.2-1.3% inflation. And he takes it to 5.6 by May of 2021. By December of 2021, he's outdone himself because now we're printing even more. And we're at 7% inflation. Then Vladimir Putin in February of 2022 invades Ukraine. We're at 7 plus percent inflation. And Joe Biden tells us Vladimir Putin caused inflation. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So I, I, so I guess... We're now believing that Vladimir Putin uh, did not cause inflation. Donald Trump did. That's hilarious. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
Good morning. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. That narrative on the previous Chinese spy balloons is getting even more confusing. You know what? what's causing that problem? Same thing that always causes the problem. When you lie, it's really hard to keep track of the lies you've told and make them all jibe with what really happened. So that narrative on the Chinese spy balloons gotten even more bizarre given that the Biden administration's response includes claiming that uh, the same thing happened under the Trump administration three times. Trump denies it. So do members of his administration, including Mike Pompeo, who served as CIA director as well as Secretary of State. Says it didn't happen. So does uh, former director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe. So we've got this further bizarre situation. This guy, uh, General Glenn Van Van Herc, he's the head of U.S. Northern Command. Yesterday comes out and explains. After a reporter asked him, was, you know, was, was Northern Command, so they're responsible for making sure we don't have these kinds of incursions, was Northern Command involved in tracking the balloon that was, you know, at the early stage of the Biden administration, and also the three that transited during the Trump administration. Well, you know, what can you tell about those? Okay, Van Herc says they didn't detect those threats. Okay, weird. He says there's a domain awareness gap that we have to figure out. And he doesn't want, he says, I don't want to go into further detail. Okay. Weird. Then he says, the intel community, after the fact, I believe has been briefed already, assesses those threats to mean addi- to additional means of collection from additional means and made us aware that those balloons were previously approaching North America or transited North America. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> what? Okay. So let's get straight. Northcom does not detect this, but somehow our intel agencies know. Here, here's the problem with the intel agencies. When it comes to Trump, we have learned, as we've learned in the last couple of weeks, you can't believe anything they say. In fact, it's best to just assume they're flat out lying. We know that because the Columbia Journalism Review, the key publication um, of the journalism industry, their trade journal, has flat out admitted New York Post, Washington Post, CNN, all of them got Russia collusion so wrong. How did they spend three years on Russia collusion when it wasn't real? Well, it's just simple. They were lying. But they do a four-part series to try to figure out how it happened. I could write it in two lines. They were lying, and they knew it. We're done here. You don't need a four-part series. But what that four-part series found that was interesting is that the reason they got it so wrong was that the intel agencies were lying, and the media was just printing whatever they said. It was really it was a bombshell last week. There's so much stuff going on, and it came out toward the end of the week, too, with the balloon and everything. People missed it. So the Columbia Journalism Review is absolutely uh, beside itself because trust in mainstream media has gone from 46% when Trump took office to 26% today. The only reason they care about that is because it affects their lo- their ability to lie to you further and have you believe it. That, that Believe me, there's no other reason they care. They're frustrated because their power has decreased. Not because they told a lie. But to cover stories, you know, how can we as an industry get our credibility back? 
And the conclusion they came to, in thousands of words, was that the intel agencies lied to us about Russiagate. They made it up. Hillary lied to us about Russiagate, made it up. And we believed them without checking. In fact, we even believed them when it was really clear that what they were saying didn't make a lot of sense. There. I mean, they did a uh, multi-thousand word, what, four-part series, and I just summarized it in 30 seconds. Okay, so what would be the remedy for that? Stop believing the intel agencies. We have learned they lie. They lie in the hope of manipulating the American people. What they do is get up and do it every day. Can't trust them. Not the Department of Homeland Security, not the FBI, not the CIA, not the NSA, not the GSA. None of them. Not the n- n- None of these people. Can't trust him. Who's telling us about these incursions again? Oh, the intel agencies. Cool. What um, what person from the intel agencies? Oh, anonymous source. Hmm. Isn't that what the Columbia Journalism Re- Review concluded last week was the reason the media got the Russia collusion hoax wrong and uh, now only has a 25, 25% of the population believing them? Aren't we doing the same thing this week that we said caused us to get the Russia collusion hoax wrong last week? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So that's where we are. But it gets even weirder. General Van Herc, so he's Northern Command, right? He's supposed to keep us safe. Um, Was asked the question, why wasn't the balloon shot down until Saturday? Here's his explanation. The balloon, quote, did not present a physical threat. So he says he didn't have the authority to shoot it down. Oh, well, well, who said it didn't? Who said it didn't present a physical uh, threat? General Van Herc. Oh, that was my assessment, he says. I could not take immediate action because it was not demonstrating hostile act or hostile intent. But then he goes on to mention how the balloon, quote, even had even the potential for explosives to detonate and destroy the balloon. Oh, General. It had explosives on it? Yeah. It could self-detonate. Mm-hmm. But you could not shoot it down because it did not present a physical threat. That's right. I couldn't, man. I couldn't do it. And whose assessment was it that it didn't present a physical threat? Oh, mine. So you told yourself, sir, that you couldn't shoot it down. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what happened here. He was told not to shoot it down. Okay, this is contradicting the story from the weekend that they did want to shoot it down and did hope and try to shoot it down, except they couldn't because they didn't have a good shot. So that's, that's the old story. The new story is actually scratch that no... It didn't present a physical threat, so we let it in. According to the general who decided it didn't present a physical threat. Do you, do you think your government is weird? The government is weird. Th- these people are weird. They're just very strange. And you know what I think has happened here? We have reached a point in our society where repelling any kind of physical threat, whether that is a terrorist at our border or the Chinese coming over with an explosives-armed balloon. 
is politically incorrect. It is wrong to defend yourself. You cannot do it, and you must let them in, whoever they are and whatever they are bringing explosives with them to blow up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. New York City is a sanctuary for illegal immigrants. They love them there, except when they show up. Can't make the, from the, you can't make this up file. New York City giving illegal immigrants taxpayer-funded bus tickets to Canada. I'll tell you why this is going on in a minute. Some of those migrants are actually accepting the tickets, hoping to find a better life in another country. The New York Post report, I just love the way they write this. Disgruntled migrants. Let me translate. Illegal immigrants. Translating into English from woke. Disgruntled illegal immigrants fed up with the Big Apple's crime and grime are taking off to the Great White North on bus rides paid for by New York taxpayers, the Post did learn. Yeah, because it might mean it makes sense. It makes sense because that way it's cheaper to give them a bus ticket than to put them up in a luxury hotel, right? National Guard soldiers have been helping to distribute tickets at Port Authority Bus Terminal terminal in Manhattan to illegal immigrants who want to head upstate before crossing into Canada. <laughs> you go, folks. Venezuelan native Raymond, Raymond Pena and his family arrived at a gas station bus stop in Plattsburgh, New York, about 20 miles south of the Canadian border at 4 a.m. Sunday, quote, the military gave me and my family free bus tickets, Pena said. I am going to Canada. I am going to Canada for a better quality of life for my family. In other words, I'm getting the hell out of New York. Yeah, I got the heck out of Venezuela. I came to New York and went, dear God, we can't do this. So now he's running to Canada where he'll have a better quality of life. Good for him. You just keep on going, honey. <laughs> These are the illegal immigrants. A National Guard source confirmed the soldiers at the bus terminal were directing illegal immigrants to workers who were handing out free tickets. So where are these tickets coming from? Democrat Mayor Eric Adams' office. His administration pays various companies that run programs for migrants that include free ticketing so they can travel to other countries like Canada. Oh, my God. How ironic is it that someone who has fled Venezuela... Okay, understand this. They let the criminals out of the prisons in Venezuela. They get to New York, they're like, we can't do this, man. It's like, this is like a third world country. We just left third world country. We're going to Canada. How ironic is it that these illegals are, who are illegally here themselves, perpetrators of crimes, are leaving New York because of crime. Okay, now. Why are the Democrats doing this? 
the the irony here, we we are told. When, remember when um, Ron DeSantis shipped the illegals up there, and it was called human trafficking, and the media reacted in horror. Will the media describe this as human trafficking, as they've done when Republican governors send these folks to blue states, Martha's Vineyard, New York City? No, 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 no. See. Because the goal here is to blew up red states. The goal is the illegals come in over the border. The government pays for all their basic needs. Get them on welfare. Get them the free phone. Get them the free phone with the apps that have the welfare applications right there in their native language. Get them on the dole. Print the money for the dole. Break the back of the American people and leave them there in red states to purple up and blew up those states. That's the point of that. So if they, if they come to New York City, that's redundant. They already have enough blue voters. And those blue voters get mad and, quite frankly, very offended that the illegals um, are being brought to them. Those illegals must go to a red state and vote there. So they move them on because they're just redundant. They move them on to Canada. This is literally what's going on. This is why nobody on the left cares if anybody gets shipped out of Martha's Vineyard or New York City. The idea is, we in red states are going to pay for the illegals. We're going to pay for them to come, pay for them to stay, pay for the burden on the school system, and then they will vote for us to have no voice. That is the plan. They aren't supposed to go up there to New York and vote for them to have no voice. That No, those people should have a voice. They'll vote because they're liberal and they know everything. They can, they're totally qualified to vote. You think I'm being facetious? This is literally the way they think. I, I am actually dead serious. This is Nicole Malatakis interviewing an illegal immigrant. I wanted to live in New York because I thought it would be a better future for my daughter, she said. But as days went by, I saw insecurity. Many homeless people. Many people who shout and are disrespectful. And many people on drugs. So she's going to Canada. I mean, she is, she's out of there. I, I can't, I can blame her. I wouldn't go to New York, would you? Buck Sexton tweets, and he nails this. These asylum seekers were facing such terrifying situations back home that they trekked all the way here. and yet, But now they can't handle the crime and decay off? Dot, dot, dot. New York City. They can't handle it? Jesse Waters lost his mind over this. The complaints of illegal aliens being sent to Canada by the National Guard who claim New York is too dangerous. So they're lining them up and interviewing them. Man, I came from Venezuela, but dude, I can't take this. You mean Venezuela where mobs of people knock over food trucks? They'll kill you for food in Venezuela, and understandably so. I mean, you got to eat. Or they'll go break into the zoo. They kill a lion. They're like, wow. Before you'd like, you're like, wow, that's big and it's scary. Now you're like, wow, that is a large moving hunk of meat. I'm going to kill that thing. Those people are like, dude, I can't take New York City. It's too third world for me. Oh, my gosh, folks. The show writes itself. It does. He's hip. He's hot. Everyone loves him.
loves him. All the right people anyway. He's Satan. Wait, what? The Fat Satan Grammys <laughs> delivered a shocking ratings catastrophe of just 12.4 million viewers. Yet the headliner was Satan at the Grammys for the second year in a row. Are you into Satan? I'm just, I told curiosity. You got friends and neighbors who are into. Would that be normal? I don't think that's normal. Like, I, I mean, I, it could be me. I mean, maybe I'm behind the times. Maybe I hang out with the, like, just not the in crowd anymore. But nobody I know is into Satan. But they are at the Grammys. Do you realize this is the second year that Satan has headlined the Grammys? No, dude, this year it was Fat Satan. I mean, I'm talking full on with the horns. Dancing around. I'm Satan. I'm so hot. Everybody loves me in Hollywood. And look, this would be like, you know, just a performance, you know, whatever, if it was this year. But folks, it was last year. I did a whole podcast on it. Remember Little Nas X? Do you remember what the Grammys was like last year? They had Nas X, the, he's like a singer or rapper. And he's shown in Helen, he's very happy there. During the performance last year, the LED screens <clears throat> showed um, his Montero music video, which, preach, uh, which featured him having, playing the piano. <clears throat> Longtime listeners to the show get that reference. Playing the piano... With the Prince of Darkness, who was adorned with horns to make it real clear who we're talking about here. Nas X himself uh, likes to run around in Nike Air Max sneakers, um, which, you know, were re-outfitted with a 666. So Nike didn't make them, but he they were re- remastered, basically. They contain a drop of human blood. Uh, so he... And the Prince of Darkness up there playing a piano together, but without a piano. You got what I'm saying? And but other equipment. Uh, simulating that. That was last year. This year, it's a fat Satan thing. You should go back and watch the video from last year. I mean, it is straight from the pits of hell. I mean, no, literally, like, literally, but I'm looking at it. That seems strange to you? Look, I'm not suggesting Hollywood's a satanic cult or anything. I mean, like, weird people with weird websites say things like that. They're conspiracy theorists. It's just when you feature Satan two years in a row at the Grammys, maybe it's not a coincidence anymore. Maybe they're really into this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.